Hello, my name is Katie Hartline, and today's reading comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. This is the word of the Lord. Hey, Grace 242. We're doing something a little bit different this morning in that I am re-preaching last week's message again this week. So this will be review for some of you, but I know many of us missed last week because of illness and illness actually hit my family this week and that's why I'm re-preaching this message. I'm grateful to the elders to give me the flexibility to re-preach this because we all felt it was a tone setting message for the year for us as a church. It's related to our mission statement and why we exist. And so this will be review for many of you, but for those of you that missed last Sunday at the Student Union. This is that message and you'll get to hear it now. Recently I was browsing another church's website and I clicked on the belief section of that website and where there would normally be a mission statement, I came across this statement on the website. Here's what it read. It said, while most churches will have the same general mission and same general purposes, because those things are already given to us in scripture, our church values may be quite different from the church down the road. And then it went on to list the values. Now, in one sense, I agree with what this church website said in that the mission is given to us in Scripture. That's true. However, I disagree that because the mission is given to us in Scripture, that now churches agree on what that mission is. I disagree because, in fact, I think there's a lot of difference amongst churches as to what the mission of the church is. And in response to this, I went on social media group that I'm a part of and I just asked people, hey, what's your church mission statement? Drop it in the comments below. And here are some of the responses that I received. Our mission is that all may personally experience the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Reaching out to all people as disciples of Christ, we serve God and proclaim our faith and care for all creation. Here's another one, reaching up to God and out to others. Another one, our mission is turning spiritual seekers into fully devoted followers of Jesus. Here's another one, love God, love people, live changed. Another one, the mission of the church is to work for justice and to establish God's kingdom in the world. Here's another one, to deliver light to all people, bringing life back into people's lives again. And lastly, we exist to connect people to the author of new beginnings. Now, while there might be some common themes that arose from those mission statements, there's still a wide variance between all of those statements. You can see there's a lot of disagreement between those statements on what the church ought to be doing and why the church exists. Just because we get the mission from scripture doesn't mean that all churches agree on this. In fact, many churches disagree on what the mission ought to be. And I find it fascinating that the church that says, because the mission is in scripture, most churches agree on this, they never even state what the mission is. They just say, yeah, we all agree, here's our values. And they never say what the mission is. Well, the mission does come from Scripture, and the primary text for that is a passage known as the Great Commission, which comes to us from Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20. And this is what Jesus says to his disciples before he ascends to go back into heaven to his Father. These are his last words to his disciples right before he ascends. Let's read Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, 
Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Now the Great Commission is Matthew's recording of what Jesus' final words to his disciples were, and that's the primary text for the mission of the church. And the secondary text for the mission of the church comes to us from Acts 1.8. This is Luke's recording of the same event of Jesus' final words to his followers before he ascended to the Father. And here's what Luke records, Acts 1.8. Jesus says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. In Acts, Jesus tells his followers, You are going to be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, to the ends of the earth. How are we going to be Jesus' witnesses? That's when we go back to the primary text of Matthew, which says, Making Disciples. How are we Jesus' witnesses to the world? By making disciples. The church exists to make disciples of Jesus. The mission of the church is to make disciples, just as Jesus says in Matthew 28. The mission of the church is to reproduce your life of following Jesus in the life of someone else. The mission of the church is to reproduce your life of following in the footsteps of Jesus, your faith, your relationship with Jesus, to reproduce that in the life of someone who is open to you, in the life of a person of peace. That is the mission of the church. And I'm not the only one saying this. There's a book that came out a while back by pastors Kevin DeYoung and Greg Gilbert, and the book asks the question, this is the title of the book, what is the mission of the church? And simply put, the authors say, the Great Commission is the mission of the church. What is the mission of the church? The Great Commission. It's the primary text for the mission of the church. The mission of the church. The church exists to make disciples of Jesus. Now, unlike the church that says, the mission's given to us by scripture, therefore we all kind of do the same thing. No, that's not the case. We actually say at Grace 242 what the mission is. And without this wanting to turn into some sort of mission statement love fest, I'll just come right out and say, I love the mission of Grace 242. I love it because number one, it gets the mission right. Number two, it's short and memorable. And number three, it reflects who we are. Let's look at the mission statement of Grace 242. Our mission statement here at Grace 242 is being, making, multiplying disciples. We exist to be to make and to multiply disciples. First of all, you have to be a disciple of Jesus. You have to follow in Jesus' footsteps yourself. And then as you are being a disciple of Jesus, you are to make another disciple. You are to reproduce what you have with Jesus in the life of someone else making a new disciple. And while you're making a new disciple, you are making them in such a way that when that disciple of yours gets launched out, they can multiply more disciples. Because now what they have with Jesus is reproducible in other people as well. So at Grace 242, we exist to be, to make, and to multiply disciples. Now you might be asking, what about all these other good things the church could be doing? Okay, so the church exists to make disciples, but what about all of this other good stuff that the church could be doing? What about feeding the hungry? What about clothing the naked? What about helping the poor? What about justice? What about peacemaking? What about advocating for good causes? What about ending abortion? What about all these other good things that the church could be doing? Well, let's go back to the Great Commission Matthew 28, 18 to 20. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, 
Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Let's look through this for a second. In verse 18, Jesus says, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Now, often we just treat that as a preamble and just kind of skip over that, but that's framing what comes next. Jesus gives us the mission in the context of him having all of the authority to tell us to do that mission. Recently, I had a conversation with Bob Turner and he said something that I'm totally stealing from him. He said, we live in a monarchy because Jesus is the king. And if he is the king over the cosmos, and if he is the king of kings, then he has all the authority to tell us what to do. We don't get to say no to Jesus. When he tells us to do something, we need to do it because he has all the authority. And what does he tell us to do? This is verse 19. He says, go and make disciples. And that is the mission boiled down to its very core. Why does the church exist? To make disciples. But then we get to verse 20 and he says, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. Well, what did Jesus command of us? Well, thankfully, he distills this all down for us. He gives us this helpful summary in Matthew 22, verses 37 to 39. Someone asks Jesus, what are we supposed to be doing? What's the greatest commandment? And this is Jesus' response. Matthew 22, verses 37 to 39. Jesus replied, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The essence of all that Jesus teaches boils down to love God and love others. As a church, we need to distinguish between the Great Commission and the greatest commandment. If we go back to Matthew 28, Jesus tells us in verse 19, go and make disciples. That's the essence of the Great Commission. The mission of the church is to make disciples. And then he says in verse 20, teach them to obey all of my commands, which boils down to love God and love others. If we are doing the mission right, if we are doing the Great Commission, if we are making disciples, then we will be making the type of people who do the greatest commandment. If we're doing the Great Commission, then the greatest commandment will naturally follow. If we're doing the Great Commission, then we will be reproducing the type of people who love God and who love others. The Great Commandment is a natural outflow of the Great Commission. If the church is doing its mission, which is making disciples, then we will be making the type of people who love God and who love others. Now, it wouldn't be a Bill Verveldi sermon without mentioning Chick-fil-A. And I went to Chick-fil-A's website this week and I looked up their mission statement. Now, before I read it, what I find fascinating about their mission statement is that it says nothing about serving delicious food. Here's the mission statement of Chick-fil-A as it's stated on their website. To glorify God by being a faithful steward of all that is entrusted to us. To have a positive influence on all who come in contact with Chick-fil-A. Nothing about delicious food. Why nothing about delicious food in the mission statement? Well, let's look at their mission statement. This is all to the glory of God, is what Chick-fil-A says. And here's the two things we want to do to the glory of God. We want to be good stewards, and we want to have a positive influence on people. Good stewards, positive influence, both to the glory of God. Why nothing about food? Well, here's why. Here's why I think. This is my guess. Because if they're doing their mission, if Chick-fil-A is being a good steward, and if they're having a positive influence on people, then serving good food is a natural outworking of that. 
Because if you're serving bad food, you're not being a good steward of what you've been given and you're not having a positive influence. So serving delicious food is naturally built into the mission statement. If they're doing their mission right, if they're being good stewards and having a positive influence on people to the glory of God, then a natural outworking of that is to serve delicious food. In our case, if we're doing the mission right, if we're making disciples, if we're doing the Great Commission, then the greatest commandment is a natural outworking of that. If we are making disciples, then we will be reproducing the type of people who love God and who love others. In the words of Dallas Willard, I'm going to say something very audacious, so either brace yourselves or stop your ears. Okay, here it is. The greatest commandment is not the mission of the church. The mission of the church is not loving God and loving others. No, the mission of the church is making disciples. And if we're making disciples, then we will be and we will be producing people who love God and who love others. The greatest commandment is a natural outworking of the Great Commission. Now, I've mentioned this interaction before in other sermons, but I'm going to bring it up again. A few summers back, I was on the mission team from our church that went to the Appalachia Service Project. And there were two young men from another church at our site where we were staying who were mature beyond their years, who had an amazing work ethic, and who just exuded love of God. These two young men. And I one time was with their leader in the men's dormitory. His name was Sean. And I just said, hey, Sean, I really like these two guys you got on your team here. I've taken notice of them. You can tell that they love God. And Sean said, yeah, I've, I've had the blessing of discipling these two brothers for the past several years. And I said, well, of course you have. That makes perfect sense that you've been discipling them, that you've been pouring your life of following Jesus into these young men because it shows. And what I find fascinating about that is here we are on a mission trip doing the type of good things that we talked about earlier in this sermon. But for Sean, Appalachia Service Project was not primarily about the good work they would be doing. No, Appalachia Service Project for Sean was first and foremost an opportunity to be with these guys, to do life on life for over a week, to continue discipling, to pour his life of following Jesus into these two young men. And what's, more, what's really fascinating is he got two young men who exude the love of Christ, whose maturity outpaces their years, and whose work ethic was impeccable. To take this illustration a step further, we were the last team of the year, and so we got to do some cool stuff that no other group got to do. We got to clean up the whole place, the whole site, and we had to move all these tools and all these supplies out from the gym and bring them out to trucks. And these two young men quickly realized, all these people are bringing stuff out of the school, and these two young men realized, somebody's gotta be in the truck to arrange all this stuff. So they just hopped in the truck and started with a smile on their face and with excitement, packing the trucks. They were the first in line to just volunteer without even being told to do so. And I thought to myself, you know, I bet Sean never sat down with these guys and taught specifically a good work ethic. No, Sean just reproduced his life of following Jesus in these young men. And one of the outworkings of that discipleship relationship was that these men had a good work ethic. Naturally, they picked up on, what does a disciple of Jesus do? He serves. When Sean made discipleship the goal, when Sean made discipleship his mission, he naturally got two young men who love God and who love others. If we get the mission right, and if we're doing the mission, 
If we are making disciples, then we will naturally get people who love God and who love others. I want to remind us all here at the beginning of 2022 why we exist. And we exist to be, make, and multiply disciples. And so with that reminder in mind, I just want to cover two things that we're not going to do in 2022 and one thing that we are going to do in 2022. So here's what we're not going to do in 2022. We are not going to make the search for space into the mission. And we are not going to let the search for space supplant the mission. All along, we have been searching for space as a tool to accomplish the mission, not for the search for the space to become the mission. And God willing, when He does deliver up a space for us, we're not going to let the space become the mission. Discipleship is the mission. The space is a tool for discipleship. Now, that said, I want to thank the space team for their continued service. Man, being on that team is like signing up for a whole bunch of frustration because, let me tell you, this space team has been chasing down leads left and right, and it's just been closed door after closed door after closed door. So thank you, space team, for your continued service. Thank you for dealing with all of the frustration of not even hearing back from some of the inquiries that you put out there. So keep the space team in your prayers as they've dealt with a lot of disappointment while on the space team and continue to pray for us as a church that the Lord would deliver up a space for us and that he would make it obvious where he wants us. We are not going to let the search for space supplant the mission in 2022. The second thing that we're not going to do in 2022 is we are not going to turn back the clock to some pre-2020 manifestation. I am not interested in going back to the way things were. I listen to this podcast sometimes with church leaders, and I remember one of the podcasts the host was saying, he's heard some of the mentality of some of the churches sounds something like this. They say, well, when all of this just blows over, and when we get through all this, then we're going to be fine. And I agree with the host because I think that type of thinking or that type of mentality is misguided. I am not interested in waiting this out or going back to some pre-2020 manifestation. I want to be faithful in the here and now. I want to be faithful with these set of circumstances. I want to be faithful with this challenge. I want to be faithful in this time, in this space. The Lord has placed us in the here and now, and I want to be faithful where God has placed us in the here and now. And yes, the challenges are greater than ever, probably greater than in any of our lifetimes, but I am so encouraged because if we look at history, when the challenges were the greatest, is when the most disciples were made. I think of the early church meeting in the catacombs for worship because if they got found out for worshiping Christ, they could be put to death. They could be thrown in the arena of Rome. They could be burned at the stake as street lamps in the evening. But they met anyway. And under that hostile environment, disciples were multiplied like crazy. No one could stop Christ's church. When the challenges are great, the harvest is great. There is so much opportunity right now. The soil is riper than ever in my life, and I want to be faithful now. I don't want to go back. I want to be faithful now. We're not going to let the search for the space supplant the mission, and we're not going to turn back the clock. Here's what we are going to do in 2022. We are going to interrogate ourselves. I like that word, interrogate. There's a podcaster I listen to who uses that word to describe rigorously questioning what she believed and why. 
And I like that word interrogate because it really has this element of rigor. I'm gonna take a good hard look at myself. And so we are gonna interrogate ourselves and we are going to ask ourselves this question. Am I reproducing my life of following Jesus in someone else? Am I doing the mission? Am I taking what I have with Jesus and finding intentional time to reproduce that in the life of someone else? And then we're going to hold that question up to our mission statement. Some of you might look at that question, am I reproducing my life of following Jesus in the life of someone else? And you might say, I don't even know if I'm a follower of Jesus, or I'm brand new to being a follower of Jesus, or I'm not totally convinced in my belief yet. And if that's the case, if you're there, then focus on the being part of our mission statement and realize I got to be a disciple. Maybe there's some mental hurdles that I need to overcome. Maybe I just don't know how to do it and I need someone to disciple me. And so you can actually ask a more mature believer, say, will you disciple me? That would be a huge blessing and a huge statement of the Holy Spirit to that other person. If you would ask someone, would you disciple me? Show me what it means to follow Jesus. So if that's you, focus on the being part of the mission statement. Some of you might say, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm being a disciple, I believe, I'm following Jesus, but I don't know if I've ever really taken that and given that to somebody else. I don't know if I've ever taken that and poured that into somebody else. And so if that's you, then you need to pray for a person of peace and say, Lord, open me up to someone in whom I can reproduce my relationship with you. Give me somebody, make it plain. Maybe you will receive one of the people in the previous category who needs someone to disciple them. Ask the Holy Spirit for a person of peace. And then there's another group of you who are going to need to focus on that multiplying word. You're going to say to yourself, I'm being a disciple, so I'm following Jesus. And I do have some people that I'm pouring my life into. But I need to remember that this has to multiply. I need to remember that in my discipleship of these other people, I need to make sure that they are prepared and equipped to disciple on their own. I need to be sure that they are ready to be sent out to be multiplied out, that they have enough to be able to multiply their faith in the lives of others as well. So if that's you, you're going to focus on the multiplying word. I'll just close by saying this, Grace 242. It is a new year, 2022, but the mission is the same as it's always been, which is to make disciples of Jesus Christ. And as we make disciples, we cannot do that under our own power. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. And this is not something that we do. This is something the Holy Spirit does in and through us. This is ultimately God's work. He just invites us in. Get ready, Grace 242. 2022 is going to be an awesome year by the power of God. See you next time.